0: Hey, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Episode 4 with Jell Stewart is another awesome one. Jell gives us lots of insight from lots of different parts of the scene. This episode we will be doing a giveaway sponsored by FU Athletics. They will be giving away a pair of grey lightweight woven shorts and a tank top. This giveaway will be on our YouTube channel, so please head over there to the YouTube video of this episode for more details. Good luck to everyone entering and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Before we begin the show, I have a few exciting announcements. First, the show is now published on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and Audible, so uh, find the show on those platforms for audio-only recordings of the episodes. Also, this episode is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. They are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to uh thefuathletics.com and use code in the pits for 15 percent off your order and uh, with that being said welcome everybody to episode four of in the pits paintball podcast The podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene in texas from professional players and teams to new divisional programs local tournament series field owners Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we will have a short and sweet, about 30-minute episode with a new topic and special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans, and this episode, we are going in the pits with Jell Stewart. He's a coach for AC Diesel. He's the owner of CMPT and also one of the guys that runs USXBL. Jell, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, man. This is going to be a great episode. I'm really excited for this one. Uh, So, Gel, for those listening that maybe don't know all that much about you, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene?
1: Man, I've been playing since 2004 uh, in Texas. I discovered paintball in Texas, and I've spent the majority of my time in Texas.
0: That's awesome. So what teams have you uh, played for or been involved with over the years?
1: Uh, One of my very first teams was a team called Lissed. And played out at Farmer's Branch Paintball, which doesn't exist anymore. I, and around that time frame, there was a surge in paintball in the area. And I started playing for a team called B-Slack Factory, which ended up becoming Smart Parts Factory.
0: Okay, uh, so you started out with Smart Parts. Uh, any other you know, notable teams uh, that, we can, that you uh, have your name with?
1: Yeah, so uh, once once I took a break from paintball between the 2006 to about 2009, almost 2010, I came back and decided to kind of mess around for a little bit. The scene had died down in Texas for a, for a while. Um, I'd gone up to Oklahoma for a little bit and, as I said, took a break. But when I came back, I decided I really wanted to get back into it. So I started playing rec ball again. I, you know getting a feel for it and started looking around to see if there were any teams that were that were picking up players or or if maybe I was even interested in pick, putting together my own team. And got word that they were putting together Texas Storm, a couple of the guys that were originally playing for X-Factor, I think it was Division I around that timeframe, Mark Johnson, uh, Sean Sassato, Derek Knight. And they had gotten with Ryan Gray in, up in Oklahoma and said that they were interested in putting together Texas Storm again, and so I went up to Oklahoma to do the tryouts there, and and got picked up by Storm around that time frame. I think that was around 2010. So i i, I did the uh, i did te- the Texas Storm thing for a little bit. Ended up having this really odd injury that took me out for for about uh, half a season or so. And by the time I was able to start playing again, unfortunately. Uh, you know, the, the guys had had advanced so far ahead that it was going to be a lot of catch-up time for me in order to kind of get into the mix. And so uh, I had an opportunity come up where Ryan Gray told me about a, a guy named Greg Pauly and that he was putting together this team and this group called AC and that I should give them a, a, a chance to, to maybe see if I could fit in with them. And went and tried out for AC and I've been with AC since 2011, 2012 timeframe. So it's been, it's been a good number of years that I've been with AC. Yeah.
0: That's been, that's been quite a long time then. So, uh, you know, being in the scene for so long, what are some things that you've noticed have, uh, changed within the Texas scene, you know, for better or for worse?
1: Well, one of the better things that has happened in Texas paintball is that teams are more willing to work with each other. They're, they'll actually practice and, and, and just make each other better, right? Uh, back in the day, there was a lot of hate, and I know that was a normal thing. I mean we were shooting each other at 15 balls per second, and there was a lot of rivalries depending on what area you were in, uh, a lot of teams that were up and coming really trying to grab the you know grab the highlight and, and uh, just trying to make a name for themselves. so You could be friends off the field, but man, there was definitely a lot of hate on the field. So when, when people talk about violence and whatever in paintball, uh, it definitely existed back then, but you know, it still exists here and there, obviously in different flavors. But the best thing that I've seen so far is, is people really working together to not only grow the sport, but become better as teams and players.
0: That's uh, that's real interesting that it seemed so segmented back then. I mean, uh, we still kind of see it today, I guess. Like it feels, you know, more so because of just the the distance between us. But uh, it seems like the San Antonio teams and that scene is very different from the Houston scene. It is also very different from the the Dallas scene. And I know that, uh, you know, when it comes time for USXBL events, I know all the X Factor teams. They They're thinking, you know, they want to bring it home and, you know, not let all the all the fit teams, you know, come and take their event when it's at the home field. And, you know, kind of the same thing for whenever the events are up at uh, at fit or even, you know, the GCS scene over at Zone, Uh, the Houston teams get real hyped up about defending their their home fields. Uh, but yeah, we—I uh, can say oh, with the Titans as well. Like we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, having a lot of different scrimmage partners from a lot of different areas of Texas, and that—that's definitely very nice to see. Um, so, tell me a little bit more about how you transitioned from being a player to being a coach in paintball.
1: So I was playing with AC Diesel Semi Pro, and we had a Division Two team around that time frame. Um, and we were, we were needing to figure out what to do with the Division 2 team. So I, I, I volunteered to, uh, to start working with the Division 2 team, start playing with those guys. And unfortunately, the Division 2 team kind of fizzled out. And with the way I was ranked and the number of events that I'd played, uh, I was a little too high-ranked to, to play any lower than Division 2. Because out of the ashes of Diesel D two was the birth of Paintball Fit, uh, their D four squad, and with the amount of time that I had been away from the semi pro group uh, and not being able to play any lower than D two, Greg asked me if I if I was interested in in maybe helping build this new team. So I in my first season coaching was with the paintball fit d4 squad and and i'm sure you know anybody that's followed fit all these seasons that was a very phenomenal season uh, including you know their seasons after i mean they're still doing great but to for this team to come out of nowhere and to win as many times as they did every event that we went and played it was it was like are we gonna do it again are we gonna do it again and when, when they would win, it was just like, okay, well, that's not going to happen, right? That's not going to happen the next event. And, and they do it again. And, and, you know, by the end of the season, it was like, holy cow, this is amazing, right? That we, we actually pulled this off and the number of wins that that, that that squad pulled off for division four. And then to do it again in division three, you know, uh, with, with Casey Harris taking over for coach there. And that, that was the time frame where I actually ended up going to start coaching uh, the semi pro squad for diesel. Yeah,
0: Fit guys have definitely been on uh, you know, everybody's list for quite a while now. I remember, you know, kinda early when I started uh, you know, paying attention to the NXL scene. I remember their uh, twenty nineteen season where they basically ran the table at all the NXL D three events. Uh, that was, you know, really awesome to see a Texas team just, you know, put put uh, everybody else in the US in their place really. Uh so you were you were pretty involved with uh, you know, the the fit.com roster. So what is it, you know, what was it that kind of made you come back to uh being a coach for Diesel?
1: I uh, Greg said I did a great job with the paintball fit guys and said, "Hey, listen, We've got a, a goal that we're trying to accomplish with Diesel. We need this team to go pro, and you're, you're growing as a coach, and I want to see if you can do the same thing with, with the Diesel guys and, and help the team get this pro spot. So I took them up on the offer, and that's how I ended up becoming the, you know, the coach for Diesel around that time frame.
0: Yeah, and uh, Diesel, you know, kind of, I want to talk a little bit more about Diesel's uh, run to earning that pro spot, because uh, besides the Hurricanes, Diesel is the most recent team to earn their way to the pro division by, you know, taking first place for the semi-pro season. So what would you say are the most important things to winning, you know, earning that pro spot, winning that semi-pro season in the NXL?
1: Um, Everyone putting in the work, right? From the players to the coaches and the pits, uh, people don't realize just how much effort and time goes in across all the levels. You've got the people that work behind the scenes that take care of the logistics to make sure that the team functions correctly, that everything's in place in order for the team to actually be able to to go and compete at, at, a, at any level, whether it be you know the lowest level at the national events um, all the way through to the highest. I mean, you've still got to have a good support team. Then you've got to have the players that put in the, the effort and the time in order to become better, to become better as a team and to, to actually do what they need to do to make things happen on the field. So, you know, all those pieces just falling into place and, and making things happen, um, and it just it just all came together. And, and I think that's what ended up helping us get that pro spot.
0: Okay. So all of those pieces kind of diving a little bit more into the specifics like did that uh you know you know materialize in, you know, the amount of drills that y'all were doing, the amount of practices or weekday practice practice schedule or, you know, support staff how, you know, getting a little bit more into the specifics of that how uh you know, tell us a little bit more of the details there.
1: Uh so we became a lot more organized as as we moved forward and as as each event um, came upon us, you know, we we definitely put in a lot more time and effort uh, in regards to the the amount of practices, the time at practice, uh, you know, the leading up to each event. We're always we were always doing the the two days, um, the, the two day practices, the two weekends before each event. Even before that, we were we were spending you know mandatory practices having. Anywhere from one to two day practices before like the official event practices and, and then, uh, you know, trying to get the players to actually spend time away from the team to really work on their foundation. Uh, you can't ever forget that as a player, you've got to constantly improve your foundation, right? If you don't have a good foundation, then you're not going to grow in the right direction because. If you, if you're doing something wrong and you're doing it over and over again, and somebody doesn't point it out to you, then those things can hurt you in the long run. So that's one of the things that, that we try to do as a team and as a group is we try to find ways to become better in, in the different aspects that we work on. Uh, Whether that be, hey, we need to be better about being organized in the pits, uh, making sure that we're consistent about taking care of, of. the little little details, you know, whether it be making sure the quality of our paint is good, the temperature of our paint, um, all the way to making sure that we've got people that that stay on top of our players, making sure they're clean, making sure they're ready, hydrated, and then the players themselves knowing exactly what they need to do whenever they're on the field and off the field, uh, being prepared for if we've got to call a play and somebody does something a little bit different in a certain spot, getting that information to each other. I think that's that's the big thing is uh, is communication across the board uh, from, from top to bottom.
0: I really like how uh, in talking about like kind of what happens mid-match, you put a lot of emphasis on what goes on in the pits. Um, you know, that's kind of a lesson that I've learned over the last few years as I've gotten into uh, tournament paintball is, you know, the support structure that needs to be there Uh, You know, playing a match is so much more than just, you know, the five guys going out there executing like, oh, you know, I made the snake off break or, you know, maybe I shot a good lane. It's so so much more that goes into, you know, winning a complete match in a complete tournament. So, uh, you know, a little bit along those lines, uh, you know, you're kind of the one of the head voices in the pits when it comes to, uh, you know, being a coach in the NXL. Um, So what is your current role uh, on Diesel?
1: I'm one of the coaches for Diesel with Greg Pauly and Austin Brown. And what I've been responsible for are putting together the plays and putting the personnel together in order to actually execute on those plays. But even before we even get to an event, spending the time and just really watching our players on the, on the layout and watching it from, from kind of a bird's eye view, you know, if you've ever been to fit or X factor or a field that has this set up, you've got the crow's nest and you're up there and you're just watching what's going down on the field from a different perspective. You've got to be able to watch the game from not only the player's position behind the player, but also to look at the game as a whole a lot of people don't realize how much goes into understanding the game from from a high level of visibility, not just understanding the game from a level of experience, but looking at how the game breaks out based on positioning of players, how players put the picture together when they're on the field. and And we say it all the time, communication. Communication is key. You've got to make sure that everybody's on the same page. You know when the communication breakdown happens, that's usually when the point falls apart when a team can really put those pieces together and put people in the right spots it's possible to come back from a two on five i mean I saw so many times watching you know john jackson uh and matt jackson and and you know and there were times where with there were with t j Danner and it was a three on five situation, and those guys would hold a point down for it felt like three to five minutes and it it was like okay this is the longest point ever but because they were just talking to each other over and over and making sure that they were all on the same page they were able to pull some of those points out and you know those are the things that we've we've learned and brought over to the diesel side because if you if you've been around us long enough you know we had two pro squads we had ac dallas and ac diesel and each team had a little bit of a different flavor different style and so you know, we were, we were trying to find our own way in, in how we function in, in, our, in our style of play, but at the same time, also learn from our brothers on AC Dallas. So I, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways from Dallas was, was hey, it's, it's possible to pull off some amazing stuff if your team is really working together and, and communicating to everybody on the field.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen, you know, those guys pull it off, you know, going back, watching almost any iteration of the roster, just, you know, their style of play that seems to have a lot of trust in each other. Uh, so uh, what is one tip that you would give for teams in the pursuit of a season title, you know, in any division? That
1: Number one tip is don't stop working on your foundation. Your foundation is players and your foundation is a team. Um, try to get a, a core set of guys it's it's hard when you're constantly switching players or you're having to plug players into into certain spots in order for a team to really work out right um, it, it it takes more time and effort in order to make sure that people are working together when when you're having to plug in somebody completely new um, that's obviously been one of our challenges for Diesel is. We have been working on trying to be consistent about about our players. But unfortunately, you know, life happens, things happen to where, you know, our core has, has definitely changed from one season to the next. But at the bottom of it, we still have a specific group of players that we know work together a certain way, and we just have to adapt and make those things happen. But for a team that's coming up in the ranks, you know, be consistent work on consistency make sure you know your your player combinations that work well together and and who can do their job the best right everybody has a job to do when you're on the field and off the field know what your job is do it well
0: awesome thanks uh you know we'll definitely hopefully uh, all those divisional players out there listening you know take those words well uh Let's see. So real quick, before we continue with the show, uh, we've got quite a few people watching uh, live. Uh, we, at the very end, if we have time, and which we should have time, uh, we'll take one to two questions from the chat. So if you have something that you would like for Gel to answer, please go ahead and put that in the chat. We'll get to that towards the end. So uh, outside of, you know, the actual paintball playing and coaching, you also run a clothing brand called CMPT. So tell me a little bit about how you got that started and what does CMPT stand for?
1: So this is kind of a a humorous story is that, you know, when people come up to me and they're like, what is CMPT? Uh, I have to explain to them that, that CMPT is compete. And you know, it it all started with when we were sponsored by by Raza and and weapons, I, I was doing a lot of the design work for all our AC apparel, and going back quite a few seasons I, a lot of the designs that that were on any of the things that we're wearing, I'd say about eighty five, ninety percent of it was was my my work, right? I was doing all the all the jerseys, the pants, things like that. But I was working together with Raz and Weapons in order to be able to get my my designs and and artwork onto their products. Uh with some direction from Greg, obviously, you know, with Greg being the the primary owner of AC and being very particular about the brand. He wants to make sure that that things look good and you know, we follow a a certain kind of style when we were doing things for AC Dallas and then we were doing things for Diesel, uh, whether that be uh, you know the color palette or certain elements of, of the branding and, and the type of uh, design elements that we were using. Uh, we were trying to be consistent across the board. So anyway, with, with, the, with the constant work that we were putting out products and apparel through, through Weapons and Raza, um, Todd Martinez said, hey, you need to come up with your own, your own brand because, you know, you're putting together all these designs. You might as well get some credit for your work. And, yeah, you know, I I thought about using my whole liquid gel persona, which is something that I've had for quite a few years. I, I was doing, a, you know, tech work since the, the early to mid-90s, uh, doing computers web stuff and web design and and i was like well you know i i've always had this but i don't know if if that's cool enough if i'll use it and then just one day i was kind of messing around and we were a couple of people and i were just kind of talking about the different brands that are in the industry right now you know you've got you've got uh you've got under and maxed and and all these all these different brands where you kind of drop the vowels and And you come up with your, your brand. And I was like, well, you know what, Uh, how about compete? We'll just do compete. So I dropped the vowels and that's why you're left with CMPT. But then I, when I introduced it and everybody was like, well, what is CMPT? What does it stand for? And I was like, well, it's compete, you know, it's without the vowels. And they're like, no, it has to stand for something. And I was like, well, man, you know, I had never really thought of it. I just, I just dropped the vowels on this word and came up with this cool word and and thought i would just go with it so uh took me a little bit but finally because so many people were asking i was like man i I gotta make up something i gotta make up something that makes sense so now when people ask me what cmpt stands for um i tell them that it's competition makes people tougher and it's worked well and you know it's always funny when people go oh cmpts compete it's like yeah it's compete so you know it's it's that's what makes it funny for us is whenever we look at it and go you know we didn't come up with it because we were we were trying to come up with this acronym came up with it because we were doing the whole let's drop vowels and on this word and and see what's cool and and we ended up with cmpt and for being compete
0: gotcha so you kind of took a page out of bunker king's book there uh yeah, yeah. It, it makes total sense now and there's so there are so many different uh, you know, paintball companies out there that do the same thing. I don't know uh, why so many people just don't, you know, don't put two and two together there. Uh, so you know, for others out there maybe they want to uh give their own designs a try, you know, uh or they're interested in getting into, you know, kind of the the their own brand of clothing. We're seeing quite a few uh, you know, Different players out there, you know, like Jackson Frey, like Colt Lacau. Uh, what tip would you give uh, for anybody that's wanting to start their own clothing brand? Like, how would how would you uh, say is the best way for them to get started?
1: Uh, first of all, do what you love, right? And my thing is, if I wouldn't wear it, why would I want somebody else to wear it? So pretty much anything i designed are things that i would want to wear so if it's if it's something that that i like then i hope that somebody else likes it too it doesn't always work that way but at a minimum i at least know that i would at least wear that and and then if somebody else comes along and likes it then great then they can then they can wear it too i uh, you know with Compete, because of how we started, I've kind of put that out there for anybody that's wanting to, to create their own brand or, or maybe need some help kind of putting together their own, their own product line. Uh, I'm more than happy to work with them in order to do like a, a little bit of a, a label where they, they put their own spin on things and, and they can go through Compete and put together their own stuff and what that does is at least shortcuts part of that process of of months that i spent in order to to find a manufacturer to get all that stuff out of the way to to constantly work on the quality and and making sure that the products that we're putting out are are good um just because we have things out there that people wear doesn't work done like we are constantly going through and and looking at how things move how they wear and tear I, I just quality is a big thing for me I mean if, if it's falling apart then then something's wrong we don't want that I don't want somebody spending their money on something if it's falling apart there's no there's a difference between wear and tear and the abuse that we put things in but if something's you know piece of crap then I don't I don't want to take somebody's money that that's you know that really expects a certain level of quality for something so I constantly ask for feedback and make sure that, you know, our customers and and teams and players, um, just because they're sponsored by us, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that they can't give us an honest opinion about the things that they wear. So my advice is listen, get feedback from the people that wear your stuff. And, and then, like I said, share the things that you love and hope that somebody else likes it too.
0: Awesome. Uh, I know, you know, your commitment to quality, I know we were talking a lot uh, back at NXL Dallas, uh, you know, just looking at, like, pairs of joggers and, uh, you know, you've kind of made changes to your design in order to, you know, make sure that we can actually last a full season, you know, wearing the same pair of pants versus, you know, having to get multiple players throughout the season. Um, so, in addition, you know, to being coach for Diesel, owning CMPT, you also so... Um, help run the USXBL tournament series. So what is your role uh, with USXBL?
1: I do quite a bit with USXBL. Uh, Part of the logistics team and making sure that they smooth. A lot of the, there's, there's the at event and then the away from event roles that need to happen for the league to run properly. So I can separate the two and say that prior to each event, doing the marketing, getting the you know, all the emails and, and the Facebook and social media, all that stuff out the door in order for teams to know what events are coming up. A lot of that is on my plate. So I have to I have to do a lot of that work in regards to making sure that that people are aware of what's coming up and and also to be prepared for the events that that we're about to get into. And then once we're at the event itself, uh, I, I do the coordination for getting teams checked in, making sure that their IDs and everything are situated, uh, and making sure that the event itself runs smooth by, by going and checking on, you know, the towers and, and getting the all the score information into the system and, and resolving anything that that I may need to jump in and 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 help on. Uh, it, it's it's like I said, it's definitely a lot of different pieces, but we work as a team, right? So there's you know there's Greg Polly and 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 now that we've got Mark Johnson, um, it's not just one person that makes things run. I mean, we all have to do our part in order to make sure that the event runs smoothly, not only during the event but also before the event, getting everything in place for it. So like this week before the event happens, I mean, we're always making sure that, hey, we get those those event information emails out the door, that we are getting people information to let them know that we were going to have early check-in on Friday uh, prior to the event, uh, trying to get people to, to make it as easy as possible so that by the time it's time for them to play, they can just focus on playing and not have to worry about, geez, did I remember to to pay for my ID, did I remember to, to actually get my ID, uh, did my team sign in, things, all that, all that stuff, right? It's all the administrative things that are involved in, in the event. Uh, all those things have to be in place in order for, for teams to be able to actually play so that they can just compete and do what they need to do on the field and not just off the field and having to deal with all those, all those pieces.
0: Gotcha, so it sounds like, you know, in In a nutshell is basically everything that uh you know your job is to make sure that everybody else can just focus on playing the tournament uh for the most part or at least every everybody uh that's actually competing there um so one right. more question i I want to ask you you know you may or may not be able to uh answer it with too much detail you know even if it's just a yes or no answer uh usxbl they just announced that uh they are increasing the prizes for the championship uh for this year they're also bringing back the uh race to two division in uh d4 are there any other changes that usxbl has uh in the works that you can talk about or
1: uh, not really anything I can talk about at the, at the moment, but you know, one of the things that we're always doing for our events is finding ways to make improvements so that every experience for that person is, is better when they come back, right? We can't control every little aspect of the event, but we will try to do our best to at least make improvements so that the things that aren't going well won't happen again. And we try to make sure that we keep an open ear so that people that can provide us the, the feedback, uh, that we're able to take, take that feedback and, and do some type of action in, in order for us to, to be able to improve the, the overall experience. Uh, one of the things that, that I feel that the USXBL has been very good about is at least at the through the seasons that we've had it in place is is being consistent about things um yeah we've had to make a couple changes here and there and make adjustments in order for certain things to happen for each event uh based on what's happened prior but overall i feel like as a as a league that things have have improved over time but things have also gotten better over time as well and that Again, it is it is an event we've had we've had the USXBL around since it was AXBL. I mean, I played the AXBL before we got involved in, in helping to run the thing.
0: All right. Well. Uh... You know, we're excited to see any other, uh, you know, changes, improvements happening to the league, uh, especially next season is going to be a big one for sure. Uh, so this is a question that I ask everybody that comes onto the show uh, towards the end. Uh, are there any Texas based uh, teams, individual players, brands or projects that have caught your attention lately? Like who is someone or something that the rest of Texas needs to know about?
1: Man, there's there's so much in Texas happening, right? I mean, We've we've got a great paintball community, and yeah, we've got Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, and then we all come together when we play the US or we play any type of Texas events, the XTPL, uh, HTPS. I mean, the fact that players have the ability to choose what event they want to play and and have that. I mean, there was a time where there weren't a lot of events, and you're Really didn't have any place to play except for just wreck ball and and going and and just playing at a field and hoping somebody was going to be there to play against. Uh, but you know, there are so many different aspects that that have caught my attention, whether it be media. So like uh, from the media side, I mean, you know, you've got you've got verbal, Yosh, Yosh designs, uh, get that shot. You know, uh, you know, you've got No Soul Studios. Dylan Fout you know those guys they tell our story of of what's happening on the field and also kind of sharing our memories of of what we're doing when we play so that's a big thing is media has become such a bigger part of of helping to grow and and expose our sport to not just our own community but hopefully the people that would not normally see things outside of us but sharing those to where you know our friends and family can start really seeing why we spend so much time and and why we're so addicted to this sport so that's yeah. the media side i i think you, you know, know uh,
0: especially in the last probably 3 4 years there's been a huge you know huge number of photographers trying to you know come into it in texas you know uh shout out to get that shot who was on uh the show last week um, also, you know, you were saying San Antonio, Houston, Dallas scenes. I I don't want to forget the scene down in the valley. You know, shout out to Balls Out. Shout out Great. to Rampage. In Austin,
1: can't forget about Austin. Yeah, either. can't.
0: Shout out to Austin. Shout out to all those. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different scenes in Texas now for sure. Uh, so just to move the show along, you know, we're kind of coming to the end of our time. I want to do one quick question from the chat here. Um, so this is from, uh, username, reaper wasn't taken, uh, who has been your favorite divisional team to see
1: grow and play? Oh man, that's a tough one because, I mean, I, I could be somewhat biased, um, because, uh, my son Colin plays for tribe and right now I know they're up against you guys in, in the rankings. I mean, Texas Titans, you know, you guys have, have definitely been up in the ranks as well. Uh, I, I I try not to have favorites, right? Because obviously when when you're helping to run a league, you you try to be as unbiased as possible. And there's been so many teams that have really grown. I mean, there's you know, there's TKO, I mean notorious greed. There shut up. There's so many teams that I remember when they first started and you could just tell from the very beginning like okay this is a team that's you've got to really pay attention to that you got to watch and there's a reason why there's teams that are consistently at the top and it's because they put in the time and effort as a as an organization as a team to make sure that they're they're practicing they're putting in the work in order to to be consistent and and play at the level they need to be um but every once in a while you'll have a team that comes out of nowhere and and you know shakes the socks off these teams that have been been up there a while so I would say man I'm always open to surprises but I'm definitely proud of the amount of teams that have grown in our in our divisional play and have demonstrated that at not only the regional level but also at the national level
0: yeah I mean we always see Texas teams at the top you know d5 d4 d3 it's always like you know you've got coalition uh shut up we're trying in the in the D three D four, you've got Tribe who's been killing it. They're in the lead for the series title for both USXBL and NXL. Um, you know D five, the Texas Titans just won the Dallas event in D five five man. Um, you know even seeing teams like Notorious and uh, Fit dot com go you know from D four D three all the way up to you know trying to earn a pro spot. A lot of teams in Texas and a yeah. lot of growth. It's really cool to see. All right, uh, so y'all that. Uh, Oh, and you know Pat Rayborn in the chat saying don't forget the Cyclones as well. Uh, You know, yeah,
1: yeah, man, those those guys have really come a long way too. So I'm I'm always watching to see what they're gonna do.
0: I think they actually won the NXL Series in D4 last year, and now they're you know pr- uh, pretty consistently uh, podiuming this year so far. So it's good to watch them. So, y'all, we're at the end of our time. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Gel. I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, do you have any last shout-outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off?
1: I mean, I always want to thank our sponsors, right? They make the, the game possible for us to play. Uh, Shocker Paintball, Empire, Core... GI Sports, you know, that's just a small list. I mean, we've got Powerhouse and, and so many other supporters for our team and, and our league, a definite shout out. And please, players, support support your sponsors. They make things a lot easier for you to play, and they put in the time to, to make this game easier for you.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, not just on the teams, but, you know, also outside projects, uh, you know, looping back to what we were saying at the beginning, this episode is sponsored by uh, FU Athletics. That's uh, my buddy Thomas, who is also on the Texas Titans. You know, he has his own uh, brand of athletic clothing. Uh, we are offering, uh, so his little. Spiel that he gave me is uh, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. They're a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. So, for all of the listeners for In the Pits, go to thefuathletics.com and use code In the Pits for 15% off of your order. So, y'all, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to go follow uh, Gel's uh, Business Compete at. Go cmpt on Instagram and also follow uh, ac diesel at ac diesel uh, pb underscore. Uh, what other guests would you all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below if you're uh, watching on Twitch or watching the recording on YouTube. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button. Um, trust me, you're gonna wanna watch the uh, YouTube recording of this. We're gonna be announcing a giveaway from. Uh, FU Athletics uh, going to be on the YouTube channel uploaded tomorrow also uh, we are on, published on Apple Podcasts and Amazon uh, Music and Audible so uh, go listen to us uh, audio only formats on those platforms uh, see you all next week one last uh, announcement uh, I'm actually going to be going on my honeymoon in two weeks So two weeks from now, uh, there will not be an episode, but we're making up for it by doing two episodes next week. So next Wednesday, we're going to have Niles, uh, the owner of the Texas Cyclones. And Thursday, I still need to confirm with him, but I believe we're going to have Justin Case, who's the owner of Outlaw Anodizing. So it's going to be two great episodes next week. Uh, See you all next week. Jell, thank you again for your time.
1: Thank you. Bye, everyone.